welcome to the weekly podcast of Covenant Grace Menifee. Each week, we gather to better understand the teachings of the Bible and how to live them out in our daily lives. We hope and pray that you're encouraged by this week's message. Everyone's tired, just in general. I, I don't know if we've noticed. Um, is, is everyone tired? You guys look fine. You guys look great. You don't look tired at all. But um, I think even yesterday, I think we saw some tired parents. We saw some tired people. I've asked around. I, I teach high school biology at one of the local high schools, and I ask my kids how they're doing all the time, and they're like, we're tired. <laughs> it just seems like everyone is tired. And I think especially for Christians, as I, as I talk to a lot of Christians, a lot of Christians I feel... I feel them feeling tired, right? Or saying that they're tired. And I don't think it's necessarily from a lack of sleep. I think something else uh, may be going on there. And I think if, if we talk to people even outside of the service, I think you start to figure out some of the reasons why, right? Some people are feeling just beat up by life. Difficult circumstances that are happening in the lives of some. And I think that that is causing us just to feel weak and tired. And so we get to the end of Romans right here. And I love these last few verses because we need these words of encouragement. We need, we need strength from somewhere, right? And I think that these verses are there to strengthen us in our weariness. I think we need to hear this. So let me pray, and then, and then we'll read this, this passage together. Father, we are so thankful just for, for the time that, that you gave us yesterday with, with the fall festival. We're thankful um, that you've brought so many of us here, Lord, so many of us, Lord, that need to be strengthened by you. And I pray, Lord, that these words from your word, from the book of Romans, would help uh, to strengthen us this morning. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen. All right, so let me read it. This is Romans 16, just the last two verses. And then this is it. This is, we are finishing up Romans this this morning. It says, Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept for long ages, but has now been disclosed through the prophetic writings and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all the nations according to the command and eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen? Amen. I love that. All right, so today we are finishing up our journey through the book of Romans We've been going verse by verse for, I'm not even sure how long it's been, probably about a year. And um, now we get to the end. One theologian said that this letter, the book of Romans, is really the chief part of the New Testament and the very purest gospel. And it is worthy not only that every Christian should know it word for word by heart, but occupy himself with it every day as the daily bread of the soul. It can never be pondered or read too much, and the more that it is dealt with, the more precious it becomes and the better it tastes. Amen? I love that. It's like the more you chew on this, the better it's going to taste. And so in 
these last few verses, we're gonna just look at three things out of this passage. We're gonna look at three reasons that Paul gives for praising God, because that's what this is. This is a, a final statement of praise that Paul gives. We're just gonna look at three parts. Praise God for strengthening us with, strengthening us with the gospel. Praise God for strengthening us with his word. And praise God for strengthening us with faithful obedience, right? And hopefully, we're gonna see how, how God wants to strengthen us this morning. All right, so here we go. We're gonna dive in. So these verses, it may say this in your Bible, actually, right above verse 25. It may say the word doxology. So that's what these uh, last few verses are. It's a doxology. So the first question is, what is a doxology, right? Doxology, literally, the word means words of glory. And so it's, it's just a short hymn of praise in these passages, and probably the, the doxology that we're most familiar with is this one. You've heard it. You can say it in your head with me, I guess, but praise God from whom all blessings flow. Is this familiar? I would sing it if I could sing. I, I promise you that I would. Um, praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And I love that. Where is that in the Bible? It's actually nowhere. It's actually a hymn that was written. It's, it's not a passage, although it's one of those commonly uh, looked up passages. It was written in 1674, and it's just been part of our Christian tradition and, and heritage since then. But there are many doxologies in the Bible, and this is one of them. And that's what's cool. We get to look at it because Paul knows a doxology, it's a, it's a hymn of praise, right? Paul knows that we become what we behold, right? That we become like who we worship. And so one, one author puts it this way, what people revere, they resemble, either to ruin or to restoration, right? So whatever we looked at, if we look to Christ, we, come, we become like Christ, Amen. If we look to other people or other things, we end up looking like them. We, look like, we end up looking just like those other things. And Paul teaches this elsewhere. In, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, he says, And we, with unveiled face, behold, the glory of the Lord are being transformed in the same image from one degree of glory to another. Right? So as we behold God, we become like God. And so Paul wants us to praise God, so we become more like him. And that's why I think he gives us this picture right at the end, right at the end of Romans, of the, this doxology. He puts this doxology right in there. All right, so first off, let's start. Let, uh, take a look at verse 25. It says, Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. So our first point here is praise God for strengthening us with the gospel. And the word strengthen here um, with the gospel in the original, it's diomeno, which is the same Greek word that we get the words uh, dynamic or dynamite from. Okay, so this is the type of strength that we're talking about. Um, it's a powerful strength, right? And notice about what it says here in this, in this verse, it's not a call to act strong or be strong. He's not telling us to be strong. It's a promise that God will make you strong. Amen? Amen. And, and that's what we need. Also, really important, whenever Paul talks about being strengthened, it's being strengthened for a purpose. It's being strengthened for a purpose. So, and, and the purpose, unfortunately, is not, you know, that 
I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me that, you know, we would win the football game, right? You know, it's not, it's not a sports promise. It is a, it's a, it's a promise to give you strength with a purpose. And what is the purpose? The purpose is always to resist trials and temptations and remain a dedicated Christ follower, okay? So this is what Paul's talking about here. He's saying he wants to praise God, the one who gives us strength to keep on keeping on, right? Amen. And I think some of us here have struggled with with this temptation to stop following Christ or to drift for years, right? That's kind of been some of us. And then 2020 came and it happened to the rest of us, right? We were tempted to like, ah, I don't, it's, it's been hard. A, a lot of us know what it feels like to be tempted to, to just drift, right? I mean, in fact, I, I was looking it up, uh, there was a Gallup study from this last year, from 2021, and the, they found that the percentage of Americans belonging to a church has dropped, it just, just dropped slightly from the year, but it's, it has dropped to a historic 80-year low. It's been 80 years of drops, and we're kind of hitting the bottom. It's been down 20 points over the last 20 years. So there were 20% more Americans um, belonging to a church 20 years ago. And so right now is this critical time for us to re- receive the strengthening, isn't it? When we feel weak, we're going to look to something to strengthen us, right? We're going to look to something. And right now, many brothers and sisters in Christ that I know, they're feeling tired, beat up, they're feeling weak. And many, not all, but many are turning to a cultural fight or flight, right? You know what fight or flight is? It's like that reaction when, you're, when, when there, there's a threat, right? But we're, we're reacting in fight or flight, um, and we're looking to that to be our strength. And so what does cultural fight look like? So cultural fight looks like pick your issue, pick your side, pick a fight, right? And then rinse, repeat. Pick your issue, pick your side, pick your fight, right? And we think that that way maybe we'll, maybe we'll become stronger, right? So that's, that, that's a cultural fight. But the cultural flight is maybe we'll just leave, <laughs> right? You know, so that's the other option. So we kind of look around, is there any last Christian cultural utopia, right? Where everything's perfect, everyone looks like us, acts like us. Let's, let's go there. And, and I think there's gotta be a better way, right? And I think that the better way is right here, to let God, look at verse 25. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Paul shows us here that God strengthens his people according to the gospel. Amen? Yeah. No. What? <laughs> oh, this should have been an amen. That was the wrong answer. Yeah, that, yeah God strengthens his people according to the gospel. Amen? Amen. 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 Good, 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 good. Yeah, it, you know, for a long time, a long time I thought that the gospel was like the on-ramp of, to Christianity. And then after you got on the on-ramp, then you get on the freeway and you start serving and you go to Bible studies and, you know, things like prayer and theology and debates and giving and retreats and mission trips. And I've even thought about getting a theology degree. 
those would be the things that would, would keep me strong, right? For a long time, I thought that. I thought the gospel gets you on the on-ramp, and then all those other things kind of keep you strong. And Paul says, no. Right here, he's saying that the gospel is the on-ramp, it's the freeway, it's the exit, it's everything, right? It's the whole thing, not just the beginning. The gospel isn't the beginning of the Christian life, it's the beginning, middle, and end. Amen? One pastor says it this way, he says the gospel is not just the ABCs, but the A to Z of the Christian life. In Galatians 3, Paul asks these Christians who are kind of struggling with the same thing. He says, oh, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. And they saw the gospel clearly, right? And yet Paul goes on, he says, let me ask you this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? And so how does this work? Most of us here in this room are in the middle of our Christian journey, right? How does it look like to be in the middle? You know, just, should we give up on serving and Bible studies and prayer and theology and debates and giving and retreats and mission trips? Of course not, right? But the gospel has to be at the center of those things or you're gonna be spinning your wheels. How does this work itself out? How do we stay gospel-focused and let God strengthen us rather than self-focused and, and, and just burn out, burn out and leave? Well, there, there could be a few ways, and you're serving. If you wanna burn out and you're serving, say, I should serve because there's so many needs. <laughs> I should get on that children's ministry rotation because they need 36 volunteers to run three classes. You're, you're gonna end up burning out. If you wanna be strengthened by the gospel in your, in your serving though, say this, say, I wanna serve because in Mark 10, 45, Jesus said, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I wanna look like Christ. If you want to struggle to, to muster up enough energy to pray, say this, say, oh, it's been a while, I really should. Hey, go ahead and try to guilt yourself into praying more. See if that works. If you want to be strengthened by the gospel in your prayers, though, remind yourself of this. In Galatians 4, 6, it says, and because you are sons, God has sent, his, sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Right? Allow the gospel to remind you that you're a child of God, and so you want to pray to him. You want to talk to him, just like a kid would love to talk to his dad. If you want to try to maintain some semblance of, of Christian unity on your own, you can hop around to churches whenever there's a conflict or disagreement or something you don't like. There are a lot of good churches in the area, but if you want the gospel to strengthen your resolve for unity, then look to the gospel in Galatians 3. 27 and 28 says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen? The gospel will drive our unity. If you want to kind of reluctantly give, you might think, well, you know, I'll give as long as the church needs it or it's going to a good cause, and you might give some, but... If you want to be strengthened by God according to the gospel in your giving, you'll remember a passage like this out of 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. 
It says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, for your sake he became poor so that you by his poverty might become rich. Like I can give things away because Christ gave everything away for me. And if you want some temporary relief from your troubles in this world, you can try cultural fight or flight. You see how that works. But if you want to be strengthened by the gospel as you engage the world, then look to the gospel. Philippians 2 is a great passage for this. It says, let each of you look not only to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Amen? And we could go on and on like this, but you know and I know that all strong, healthy fruit in the Christian life has deep roots in the gospel. Amen? Anything else, anything else is going to end up with people burnt out. All right, take a look back at our doxology in Romans 16. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, and here it is, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed through the prophetic writings and through the prophetic writings, has been made known to all nations. All right, so secondly, we're going to look at um, Paul praises God for strengthening us with the word. Amen? That's, that's cool. So these prophetic writings that Paul's referencing here are old, the Old Testament, the Old Testament scriptures, Old Testament writings that are all pointing to Jesus. And there's a great parallel here at the end of Romans and the beginning of Romans. Oh, it's such a beautiful book. It's got these really beautiful bookends. So turn to Romans 1. So we, you know, we're going to end at the beginning, I guess, of, of Romans 1. And if you read this, keep your thumb in Romans 16 or what, whatever the digital equivalent of that is. But yeah, turn over to Romans 1 and look at the parallels between this dox, doxology and the beginning of Romans. So in Romans 1, it says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh, and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Do you guys see all the parallels there with, with the beginning of Romans and then flip back to the end of Romans to this doxology? And um, we see the power of God in the gospel, again, in, in both ends, revealed through prophetic scriptures, both ends, to bring about the obedience of faith, both ends, for all nations on both ends. You guys see that? I never saw that until just now. Um, and it just, it, it's just so cool. And so what Paul is showing us here, he just showed us that it's all about the gospel, right? That 
Um, God strengthens his people through the gospel. And now he shows us that the beginning, middle, and end of Romans is all about the gospel as well, right? So those are bookends. And then the, uh, the gospel is just unraveled and, and explained throughout the book of Romans, and then we end with the gospel as well. And not only that, but did you notice, this is a revealing that has happened throughout all of history. So not only is Jesus at the beginning, middle, and end of Romans, but he's also at the beginning, middle, and end of all of history, right? And all of scripture. So all of the Bible is about Jesus, amen? And so when we look at the Bible, when the word of God, we want the word of God to strengthen our lives, when we look at that, we need to look at the Bible as a book that is not mainly about us, but is mainly about him, amen? I think if we look at that from Genesis to Revelation, that the Bible is all about Jesus being revealed to the nations, then um, we see the Bible for what it really is, right? One pastor put it this way, and this is, I love this. It's kind of a long quote, but I love this. Um, It's so good. He was just talking about Jesus being the center of all of Scripture. And so here we see Jesus as being the center of all Scripture. Jesus is the true and better Adam who passed the test in the garden and whose obedience is imputed to us. And Jesus is the true and better Abel, who, though innocently slain, has uh, blood that now cries out, not for our condemnation, but for our acquittal. Jesus is the true and better Abraham, who answered the call of God to leave the comfortable and familiar and go out into the void, not knowing whether he went to create a new people of God or not. Jesus is the true and better Isaac, who was uh, not just offered up by his father on the mount, but was truly sacrificed for us. And when God said to Abraham, now I know you love me because you did not withhold your son, your only son, whom you love, now we can look at God taking his son up to the mountain and sacrificing him and saying, now we know that you love us because you didn't withhold your son your only son, whom you love for us. Jesus is the true and better Jacob who wrestled and took the blow of justice we deserved so we, like Jacob, only receive the wounds of grace to wake us up and discipline us. Amen? Jesus is the true and better Joseph who, at the right hand of the king, forgives those who betrayed him and sold him and uses his power to save them. Jesus is the true and better Moses who stands in the gap between the people and the Lord and who mediates a new covenant. Jesus is the true and better rock of Moses who, struck with the rod of God's justice, now gives us water in the desert. Jesus is the true and better Job, uh, the truly innocent sufferer who then intercedes for and saves his stupid friends Jesus is the true and better David whose victory becomes his people's victory, though they never lifted a stone to accomplish it for themselves. Jesus is the true and better Esther who didn't just uh, risk leaving an earthly palace but lost the ultimate and heavenly one, who didn't just risk his life but gave his life to save his people. Jesus is the true and better Jonah who was cast out into the storm so that we could be brought in Jesus is the rock of Moses, the real Passover lamb, innocent, perfect, 
helpless, slain, so the angel of death will pass over us. He's the true temple, the true prophet, the true priest, the true king, the true sacrifice, the true lamb, the true light, the true bread. And really, the Bible is not about you. It's about him. Amen? Yeah, it's all about Jesus. And when we look at the Bible, for me, I don't know about you, but for me, seeing Jesus on every page of this book, it just reminds me that no matter what, God's got this, right? He has throughout all of history, and he's, gonna, he's got it now, amen? He always has, and he always will. All right, so look back at our passage in Romans 16, verse 25 again. Um, we'll go ahead and read it again. Now, now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel, it's one long sentence. That's why we gotta, re- we gotta keep reading it over again, because we can't jump mid-sentence later on. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages but has now been disclosed through the prophetic writings and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations. And here it is. Here's, Here's the last part. According to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience and faith to the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so this brings us to the final reason that Paul gives us for praising God. So he says to praise God for strengthening us with, with faithful obedience. Faithful obedience here. So you gotta imagine right now, here are the very last words that the Apostle Paul wrote down on a parchment letter in a dusty house I assume it's dusty. I don't know that for sure. I'm guessing everything was dusty back then. That's just how I imagine things. In Corinth, though, during the winter of 57 AD, be a little over 20 years after Jesus was crucified, rose again, and ascended. And so here's Paul. What What does he write down? What are these final words? And he uses these final words to praise God for revealing the gospel uh, in the right way at the right time, right? But why? And he gives us the answer here. He says to bring about the obedience of faith. And so what does that mean? It means that the gospel rightly received will give us the power to follow God's law to God's glory. Amen? That's cool. Yeah, the gospel's not just good news that we can be forgiven from sin. A lot of us know that. But some of us forget that the gospel is also good news that our lives can be freed from sin. Amen? That's what we need. That's what we need. The gospel, maybe you've heard it put put this way, the gospel invites you to come as you are, but by God's grace, he won't leave you that way. All right? I love that. Um, Notice again, this is not a command to obey. It's a promise that the gospel is going to bring about the obedience of faith. And so this is more good news. This is, uh, this is more good news of the gospel. In the gospel, God's, God forgives you from your sin and transforms you from the inside so that you don't want to sin anymore. Right? And that's what we need to hear. Charles Spurgeon said it this way. He says, if God gives you the grace to make you believe, he will give you the grace to live a holy life afterward. Amen? Right? That's, that's so true. And so this is, this is living in the middle of your Christian life, right? This is sanctification. This is becoming more and more 
um, the person that God wants you to be. More and more living, more and more like Jesus. And so this is a continual cycle of sin, repentance, transformation. Sin again. (laughs) Repentance, transformation. Sin again, maybe less this time. Repentance, transformation. Sin again, maybe in a different way this time. (laughs) Repentance, transformation. This is sanctification. And what's God's purpose in this sanctification? What does he want to do? He wants us to make... He wants to make us holy, right? And why does he want to make us holy? So he gets the glory, right? That's what it says. Look at verse 27. To the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. So the purpose in making you and me look more like him and his son is so that God's glory would go out on this planet, right? That's as simple as that. So in God's glory, it's 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 actually a very, it's a very difficult thing to define and grasp, right? It's kind of like the word beauty. Like, how do you define beauty? You're like, well, it's just beautiful. <laughs> You're not allowed to do that, apparently. You can't use the word in the definition. But you know it when you see it, right? You know what, you know what beauty looks like when you see it. And God's glory is God's beauty and his character made visible. And we know it when we see it. And so the the brilliant light of God's beauty and his character shines all over creation. And when we live like him, when we become more like him, we just become a slightly better mirror at reflecting that beauty and that character out to the world, right? And that's what we want to do. That's how we want to live. So if you're here this morning, I want to invite you into that relationship. So if you're here this morning, you've never accepted a gospel invitation to have your sin forgiven through Jesus, all you would have to do is pray. Um, and we're going to give you time during, during communion or during the last few worship songs. All you would have to do is pray something like this. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. So in, in Luke 18, that's exactly the words of the tax collector in Luke 18. Verse 13 says, But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but he beat his breath saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And then what was Jesus' response to that? Jesus said in verse 14, he says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. And so if you're here this morning, maybe that's your prayer, that God be merciful to me, a sinner. Those are the words that you would want to pray. If you, and if you're here this morning and you're just feeling stuck, like you're in the middle of your Christian life and you're angry and you're not going anywhere and your wheels are spinning, you can pray something very similar, right? Because the gospel is what's going to carry you through. So you could pray, not God, be merciful to me, a sinner, but God, you have been merciful to me, a sinner. Amen? And the gospel then is the way that we finish that Christian life. It's the way we start it. It's the way we uh, travel on. It's the way we finish it. And so let's go ahead one more time and just read this beautiful doxology. Allow yourself to be strengthened by the one who uh, is able to do it, right? Romans 16, 25 to 27 says, Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery 
that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed through the prophetic writings, has been, and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the book of Romans. Lord, we thank you that uh, you have revealed your son to us through your word. And we're so thankful that we're able to, to just mine the depths of the gospel um, together through this book. Lord, we thank you for the end of it here. And we do, we give all glory to you. Uh, Lord, all praise to you. We pray, Lord, um, that you would strengthen us by your gospel, by your word, for faithful obedience, that you would get all the glory. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can email us at info at May the Lord bless your week and guide your steps.